it's a, just a real honor and a pleasure to be here. We did have a wonderful time last night, just with the Ruach HaKodesh and the Holy Spirit. And when I, when I travel places uh, um, I, and visit uh, congregations or brethren, I never quite know what it is that Abba Yahweh is going to have me do. So I try and be as prepared as I possibly can, but you really never know until you meet the people. So today I did have a message prepared about the Shema, but I'm not going to teach that at all to you. Because I believe what I witnessed last night here at PFT with um, Pastor Jim and, and the brethren that we, we, we fellowship with downstairs in the congregation, Shema to hear. Hear what the Ruach says to the ecclesia, to the kahal, to the congregation. And I believe that the message on the Shema is not the message that the Father has for this congregation. Because I believe what I witnessed last night is this congregation has been pressing in and has heard. Has heard the need for not just the Torah, but to move in the prophetic ministry of the Ruach HaKodesh. And your pastor here has heard that message. And therefore, the congregation has heard that message. So for me to come and fly here and to teach you about something which is already happening here would be a waste of my time and your time. So I'm so glad that Abba Yahweh allows me to, do, to move in the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to minister to people exactly where they're at. We need to learn how to Breathe, brethren. There are so many of us, and I'm talking to myself too, that are so tense, uptight, church hurt, that are coming together, excited about the Torah. But can we breathe? We finished our worship time tonight with a wonderful, wonderful worship song, which was all about breathing. So I want to talk tonight not about the Shema, because you've heard, but about breathing, opening yourself up for what Yahweh has for you here at PFT, which is just a microcosm of what Yahweh has for the whole of the Hebraic movement. What's happening in Oregon, what's happening here in St. Louis, I believe, is going to be a catalyst, like a flame, that is just going to spread when people understand that you can't be so in the Torah that you neglect the things of the Ruach, the Ruach HaKodesh. Because, brethren, how many years is it that we have been so word, so word, so word-focused? And this is good. But the Malchut Yahweh, the kingdom of Yahweh, is power. The kingdom of Yahweh is power. That's what we need to be yoked with, the power. Because I can tell you, I can teach you till I'm blue in the face. I can start giving you Strong's numbers, and we can get into the Paleo-Hebrew, and that's all very well and good, and we'll do that. But if you witness the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, then that's a reality that no man can come against. That is what we need to manifest, because we are the body of Mashiach. Messiah. So today I want to talk about breathing in the Ruach HaKodesh. We're going to go back to the temple. We're going to look at what's called the showbread. Because we are the body of Messiah and Mashiach is the head, is he not? 1 Corinthians 11. 
and we're going to talk about that new wine that we've all been craving, that we've all been asking for for so many years. Father, pour out the new wine. Well, where is it then? Well, how come I'm not receiving it? That's what I want to spend time with you today, breathing the showbread, the new wine of what's happening here in PFT. We're to take care of the body, brethren, not just my physical body, but you, the body of Mashiach. Aren't we to take care of one another? We're to take care of the body, but many people are just church hurt, and they're looking for the reality of Yahweh in the congregation, manifest in His loving people. This is the body. If you look at the PowerPoint here, that is Yaakov. Remember when Yaakov, Jacob, he went and he laid his head upon a rock. This is a picture of the temple. And you can see, if you look at the PowerPoint, that we are the body. We came from Jacob's loins. Jacob, who became Israel. Are you seed of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? Are you the seed? Are you Israel? Well, then you're part of this body this body, and that's what we need to address because the body has been dying, has been drying up, but now ministers are seeing that we can't just be so Torah focused that we don't have the nourishment in the body. We're to feed the flock. We're to strengthen the weak. We're to heal the sick. We're to dress the wounds of the broken. We're to look to the house of Israel, which is mixed up amongst the churches, we're not to feed our own eagles, egos, but we're to look for Jacob's seed. Jacob's seed is what? Israel. That's a picture of Jacob's ladder. I've done a teaching in the past about how that's a DNA helix. Because from Jacob, within that DNA, is the seed of Israel, the family of Israel that's been scattered out into the nations. A DNA helix of Zerah, seed. When you get into the Holy Spirit, brethren, and scientists will back this up, you can change your DNA. That scarring, that generational scarring that's recorded within your bodies, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, can go in and change that, and you can have deliverance. That's what's happening here at PFT, Passion for Truth. That's what's happening in Salem, Oregon at Torah to the Tribes. And, and Yahweh has put Pastor Jim and I together for a specific purpose. And we're asking ourselves, well, what is it, Father? But we both have a heart for the Torah, for the Holy Spirit in the body of Yeshua, His people. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's happening here. I'm excited for what I witnessed last night. But we really have to understand that we have to breathe just like that worship song said, almighty breath of Yah, move, move upon this place. Almighty breath of Yah, move upon this place. As I go through some of these PowerPoints, you can see I would have got into the, um, the Shema, but I want to talk about Neshema, which means to breathe. It actually comes from the root word that we see, the Shema, you see that Shin Mem in the Hebrew word Neshema, means to breathe. It has that Shin Mem root of the Shema. Neshema, it means to be, to Havar, to be. 
This is within our very, very bodies, in a sense of existence. Do you want to exist or do you want to be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit? It's like an intensive blast, an inspiration, or listen, a murmuring sound, like a musical notation, in pleasure or even in anger, amusing, meditation, muttering, like a sighing or a thought as thunder. Neshama, the Hebrew for breathe. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe in the Ruach HaKodesh. And right there you see that Sheen Mem root that you find in the Shema. This is what Yahweh has for his people, that we would be a people that would learn to neshema, to breathe, because then we will really havar, we will really be in a place where we can receive the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. But there's some problems, brethren. There are some problems. And when I get down here, I go dark, so I'll go back up here. I'm learning, but I like to walk around. There are some problems in our congregations. So many of you are wanting what Pastor Jim wants, what I want, what I believe Yahweh, I know Yahweh wants, not I believe, I know, and that is the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh upon his people. But there's something very familiar, and it's called a familiar spirit. It's called the spirit of Python, that comes upon our congregations. What is Python? Python is a snake, it is a restrictor that tries to squash out the air, the ruach in the Hebrew, the air, the ruach out of a body. And, and amongst our Torah observant congregations, the Python spirit is everywhere. And you start doing things in the prophetic and you'll get this try and squelch the Ruach. In the Brit Hadashah, what's called the New Testament, it comes across the Greek word for divination is the spirit of Python. It's a familiar family spirit that is fearful of the move of the Holy Spirit. When I have laid hands on some people, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, I'm, I'm, I'm serious as anything, I have laid hands on people and anointed with them oil and called out the python spirit and I have seen it manifest in people's necks and literally move up and down and people vomit on the floor because it is a reality that is amongst people and Yahweh is trying to remove the spirit of python from amongst our midst. It controls it tries to restrict and squash out the movement of the Ruach HaKodesh in Yahweh's Hebraic people. Because to get back to the first century, we need not only Yeshua and his Torah, we need Yeshua and his Torah and his Ruach HaKodesh. In Maseh Shlechim, Masesh Lechim, Acts chapter 16, verse 16, it is written. And it came to pass, as we went to the Shabbat Tefillot, the Shabbat prayers, a certain young girl was possessed with an unclean Ruach spirit of divination or python. 
She met us and who brought out her masters, she made them much profit by fortune telling in a familiar spirit. That's the spirit of Python. The Ruach HaKodesh needs to be allowed to breathe. Neshima in our congregations. So if we're going to look at some key ingredients in our congregations of how to be healed, how to be delivered, we need to be what? In one accord. And that's what Yahweh's called us, to be in one accord. And how are we going to do that? By understanding we are the body of Moshiach and we're all different parts. But where do you think Rav Shuliak Shaul, the Apostle Paul, got the term that you are the body of Messiah? Do you think he just pulled it out of somewhere? Or do you think it was based in the Torah that he was trained up under Gamliel? Of course it was. And it comes to us from a Hebrew term called lechem ha panayim, or the showbread. This is the showbread that you would find in the temple. In Shemot, Exodus chapter 37, verse 10, it is written, And he made them a shalchan, a table of acacia wood. Two cubits was the length of it, and a cubit the width of it, and a cubit and a half the height of it. And he covered it with pure gold and made on it a keter, a crown of gold all around. And he made on it a border of a handbreadth all around. And he made a keter, a crown of gold of the border of it all around. And he cast for it four rings of gold. And he put the rings upon the four corners that were upon the four legs of it. Opposite the border were the rings, the places for the poles to bear the shalchan table. And he made the poles of acacia wood, and he covered them with gold to bear the shalchan, the table. And look what it says in verse 16, if you were to turn to Exodus, and you look in verse 16 of chapter 37 of Exodus, this is very key. And he made the vessels which were upon the table, its dish dishes, its spoons, and its bowls, and its jars for pouring with pure gold. Upon this table of showbread, you can see that there are 12 loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel in two stacks representing the two houses of Israel, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. This compromises the body of Israel or the body of Messiah. So if we want to understand how we're going to get healing in our bodies, in the kahal, in the congregations, first of all, we've got to kick out the python spirit. We've got to learn how to breathe. We've got to get rid of those restrictors, those ones that are going to try and crush the very movement of the Holy Spirit within our congregations, that are going to try and control everything by restricting and constricting. We've got to get them out. You start doing, working in the prophetic, you start calling in the Ruach HaKodesh, they usually will leave by themselves. Then we have to understand what the body of Mashiach is really, how it is built. To go back, we have to go back to the tabernacle. 
To understand how we're to really function, we have to look at our body, which is a symbol of this bread. We are the 12 tribes of Israel, scattered amongst the nations. The northern kingdom, six stacks. The southern kingdom, we are two houses. And we have to be able to function healthily. You know, the showbread was one of the three public meat offerings. It's called in the Hebrew, lechem ha panaim, the bread of the faith. The showbread comes from Martin Luther's translation, Schaubrod, Schaubrod. That's how we get the English showbread. Martin Luther translated Lechem Harpanaim into Schaubrod. The scriptural name is the bread of the face that is the presence of Yahweh. It's also known as the bread of laying out. It's the bread of laying out. The rabbis acknowledge that the showbread is an emblem of Moshiach, an emblem of Messiah. The incoming priests, the Kohanim, what they would do, they would prepare the bread before the Shabbat. Twelve loaves, twelve fresh cakes, and they would go and they would simultaneously remove the old bread and simultaneously slide in the new bread. Now, you couldn't just remove it and then put in the new bread because it is a, a bread that is continually before Yahweh. So it had to be instantaneous. As the old came out, the new went in. And then the Kohanim, the priests, could sit around on the Shabbat and they could eat the other bread. Do you realize that if there was any staleness on that bread, just one piece of mold, any dryness, that you could shut down the whole of the temple service. Cease to function. Done. So it is of utmost importance to the Father that that bread stay what? Fresh, full of Chaim, full of Neshama, breath, so that it can function, so that it can operate as a healthy body of bread. Twelve tribes, two houses scattered in the nations. That if there's any staleness, if there's anything that becomes funky, brethren, the temple service is done. So let's really see what the Torah is about. Let's really what, see what Rav Shaliak Shaul, the Apostle Paul, was talking about in 1 Corinthians when he says, you are the body of Messiah and the Messiah is the head of the body and you are all parts. He got it from the showbread. But it gets even deeper than that, brethren. The Kohanim, the priests, would eat the bread in the presence of Yahweh on the Shabbat. That's where our challah bread is derived from the challah bread with the hills and the valleys. That's where it comes from. There's so much that I would like to talk about, and it comes from a Jewish scholar, this man called Alfred Edersheim. He lived from 1825 to 1899. He was born in Vienna to Jewish parents, and he converted to Christianity as a very young man. He studied theology, at Edinburgh and Berlin universities and was one of the leading authorities of his time regarding the temple and its services. Today, the Temple Institute in Jerusalem, 
verifies this man's findings. And I want to talk to you tonight about his findings because it's going to blow your mind. And his findings have been verified by the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. If you ever go to Jerusalem, you go to the Temple Institute, you'll see all the furniture of the temple. You'll see the bowls, the dishes. Alfred Edersheim was the greatest scholar and did the greatest research upon the temple. What you see right here is when I from 1 Corinthians and I spoke about the body of Messiah, I took us back to that showbread and I said, focus in on verse 16 in the book of Exodus where it talks about the showbread. And look at that term, it's mentioned bowls because the Hebrew terms rendered covers and bowls refer to not bowls, that's what they've made it today in the Temple Institute, but it refers to hollow golden tubes. In all, there were 28 of these tubes that were inserted throughout the bread, and I'm going to explain to you why. The bread would sit upon the table, and that bread, like I said, it had to remain fresh through for a whole week. Alfred Edersheim, upon studying the showbread and the temple service, discovered that there were 28 golden pipes, hollow pipes, that were placed throughout the bread. Three pipes between each loaf, and then two pipes between the top two loaves, with a total of 28 pipes throughout the body, which allowed air to freely flow through the bread, causing it to stay fresh. It's been translated as bowls, but Alfred Edersheim verifies that it was actually golden pipes that were put throughout the body. And now, this is where we're going to go, what's called in the Hebrew, sowed the deep, mysterious things. Because you're all going, where are you leading us? You know I'm leading you somewhere, don't you? We're talking about the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. We're talking about what's happening in the body of Messiah. We're talking about what's happening here at PFT. We're talking about what's happening in the Hebraic movement. Before Yahweh can do a great thing, first of all, we've got to get rid of the Python spirit. Then we've got to understand how to function as the body we need to be fresh and allow to breathe in the Ruach HaKodesh. Turn with me to Corinthia Aleph, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. Though I speak with the diverse languages of men and of heavenly malachim, angels, and I have not ahava, love, I have become a what? a sounding brass or a kimbalon, a clanging cymbal. I have become a hollow tube of gold or brass through which now only air will pass to make it like a musical instrument. If I don't have love, Rav Shaliak Shaul, the Apostle Paul, is referring back to the golden pipes that are throughout the bread, the body, the showbread. If I do not have love, I am not going to be actually used for keeping the body fresh and full of the Holy Spirit. 
air, the ruach, I will just be like a pipe for a golden instrument of music. Its function would not be what it is meant to be. This is what he's referring back to, and let me explain a little bit more. Lechem chanapayim, the bread of the face, the showbread. Oftentimes, if we actually go back to the ancient language, we understand that the ancient language was the Paleo-Hebrew. The Paleo-Hebrew is like a pictographic language. It gives you so much more revelation. So what are we talking about today? Showbread. Lechem chanapayim. The bread of the face. Let's break it down and see what Yahweh has. There's a message right within it. We can see that it is spelt with the lamid, chet, mem sofit, with the pei, noon, yod, mem sofit, lechem panaim, the showbread. So within the showbread, Yahweh is going to show you what it's really all about. The, the lamid means a staff to guide or the heart. The chet is a fence. It means to contain or a sanctuary. The pay, excuse me, the mem means water or current or ripples. And the mem means mouth, breath, or intimacy. The pay means the fish to be alive, to jolt, or to spark. And the noon is the arm, the handle, Excuse me, the yod is the arm, the handle, the father of my own ideas, and the mem, water, birth, or produce. So what does this really mean in the Hebrew? What is Yahweh really trying to share with us? The heart of the sanctuary is contained within the pulses and currents of your breath, sparking the father of your own ideas to produce a new birth event in your life. When we understand how we're to operate as the body, as the showbread, and we get into what these 28 pipes really are that the Apostle Paul was talking about, I believe it's going to change your life. And that's what I want to really focus in on. Because the Hebrew word for bowls that was rendered bowls in Exodus chapter 37 verse 16 that the Apostle Paul spoke about in 1 Corinthians, that if you do not have love, you are just but a clanging symbol, a golden pipe that's not of any use to bring air, the ruach, into the body. You're just going to make a musical sound. The Hebrew word there is what's called manakith. It means a bowl or hollow tube through which air passes. That's what bowls mean in the Hebrew. Exodus chapter 37, verse 16. The bowls are a hollow golden tube through which air passes. The rabbis regard the Hebrew term manakith as referring to hollow golden tubes which were placed between the showbread so as to allow air to circulate between the cakes. Three of these tubes, like I said, were put under each cake or loaf except on the highest loaf, there were only two, while the lowest loaves rested on the table itself, or rather the golden dish that was upon it. Therefore, 
there was 28 golden pipes that went through the showbread, which were able to facilitate the free flow of the ruach, or air, throughout the body or the bread. The 28 golden pipes. Though the Apostle Paul may have the pipe of tongues in diverse languages of men and angels, if he doesn't have the pipe of love to support the body or cakes, all will come tumbling down and their use will only be good for making musical sounds instead of allowing the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to flow freely, excuse me, through the bread. So within you, brethren, there are 28 golden pipes or airways to allow the Ruach HaKodesh to facilitate the movement of the Holy Spirit through you. But the problem is they've been blocked because we've never been taught how to really function in the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to address today. If we look again into the Paleo-Hebrew, you'll see that Hebrew word for bowls, manakith, is going to tell you something again. Look what it really means when Apostle Paul was speaking. We've got Again, the mem, which means water or hydrophysics or a current. We've got the noon, which means fish or potential life or breath. We've got the cuff, which means the palm of the hand to, to emanate or a skeletal structure. And we've got the yod, which means hand, work, or restoring. And then we've got the tav, which is the sign, the seal of the covenant, or Jacob's ladder. So what is Paul talking about when he's saying that you've got to be operating in these gifts? What is it that holds up the showbread that keeps it fresh? Manakith, those golden pipes allow a hydrophysics current, brethren, to emanate the breath of life potential through your skeletal structure, restoring Jacob's ladder and your DNA. Have I lost you or are you with me? Because I'm up here and the lights are shining on me and I want to make sure that people are understanding me. Are you with me? Yahweh wants to teach us that we are the showbread, that to really operate in our full potential, we have to understand that the only way our body stays fresh is when we understand that there are 28 golden pipes throughout our body represented in the showbread that allow the Ruach HaKodesh to flow through us a hydrophysics current that will allow us to emanate the breath of life potential throughout our whole skeletal structure which will restore our DNA and deliver you, brethren, from the generational sin and iniquity that has been passed down from the third and to the fourth generation. He's got it for you, but we're just going to learn how to operate in it. That's what's happening this weekend and that's what's going to happen more and more and more. So what are these 28 parts? What are they? If we're the body, how are we going to function? They are the nine fruits of the Spirit, of which the first is love, Galatians 23. 
These are the nine foundational pipes. The first, which is love. They are the five pipes of Torah that are piped within the body. They are the five pipes of the five-fold ministry that are piped throughout the body. And they are the nine pipes of the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh manifesting its operations within you. That is the 28 pipes that need to be happening within our congregations. That is what keeps your body fresh and able to really flow in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> in the Ruach HaKodesh. That's how we're going to function. That's what Yahweh has for His people. You are the body of Mashiach. You are the 12 tribes scattered, two houses. The only way that you can operate in the freshness so that you don't become stale, dried out and rotten, is get rid of that python spirit. Get out the restrictor. Then you're going to be able to move in these 28 pipes that are supposed to be operating in our bodies. 28 of them. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. The foundational pipe is Ahava, love. That's why Rav Shuliak said, if I do not have the pipe of love, if I don't have that first pipe, all I am is I'm not using it to, to bring the Ruach into the body. It's just used as a musical instrument. He was going back to the showbread because he was an observant Torah, observant Hebrew who studied under one of the top rabbis, Gamliel. He was very familiar with the 28 golden pipes. You've got to be, have that foundation, those five foundational pipes of the Torah, because otherwise many of you know, you, who've come out of the Pentecostal movement, if you don't have the five books of Torah, you can get all over the place. You've got to have that foundation. You've got to have the five-fold ministry within your congregations. If you have one person who's doing it all, he will burn out. We have to have that five-fold ministry piped throughout the body, and we have to operate the nine manifestations of the Ruach HaKodesh. This is what Yahweh has for us. But the fruit, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Ruach HaKodesh is love, ahava, simcha, joy, shalom, patience, Hesed, Rachamin, and trustworthiness, gentleness, self-control. There is no true Torah that is against this kind of tov fruit. This is the good fruit. This is the good fruit. You look at those five books of Torah, that's going to keep you where you need to be. And the five-fold ministry comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And then we get into the nine operations of the gift. That is 28 pipes to a healthy body. This is what is happening, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. Now, of course, I believe that everything goes back to the Hebrew, whether it's language or many of the customs that you see out in the pagan nations. This biblical truth is a foundational truth of the temple, but it was exported into the nations, and it comes up in India as what? The 28 main chakra points. That's the counterfeit. It's been hijacked, you see. Many of the biblical truths have been hijacked by the other pagan religions. 
And we're so afraid that we go, oh, we don't want to touch that. So you're going to let them have all the good stuff while we sit back here all dried up? No, I say we go get it back and we bring it back through the scriptures and get out the paganism and we operate in the power. Just because it's being corrupted into the 28 main chakra points doesn't mean that you take it back, run it through the biblical filter of truth and it comes to you as the bread of the face. The body needs 28 pipes to work in its full capacity. We've already listed them. This is what's happening here at Passion for Truth. It's what's happening at Torah to the Tribes. It's exciting because there's a need. But our war is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities that would try and resist this move of Yahweh. The Torah teaches much about our heart, does it not? Look what it says in the Proverbs, in Mishle, chapter 4. Guard your lev, your heart, above all else, for out of it are all the issues of Chaim, life. And that's a problem that we're seeing manifest within our congregations, is that these pipes are blocked. If you have 28 pipes, I'm talking metaphorically here, there is a channel of energy that's flowing through you. If, say, pipe number 16 is blocked at the kidney area, then what's going to happen there, brethren? You are going to start to manifest a staleness or a disease. If pipe number 12 is blocked at another area, then you are going to start to manifest some staleness at that part of the bread, and it will shut down the effectiveness of the body. And that's what's happening amongst our myths. That's why Yahweh said that my shepherds will look for those that have been cast off, that are broken, that need to be bound up and healed. Yahweh is wanting shepherds to look for the sheep and bind them up. Where they have staleness, unblock those blockages. Because that staleness is what is hindering the body of Mashiach. A blockage in a pipe within the bread causes a flow restriction of energy. We are energy. We are water, which would lead to a staleness or disease. Likewise, brethren, if there's any stress within the body, stress within our temples, that will cause a restriction, a restriction of air, a restriction of the Ruach HaKodesh throughout our bodies. What's the biggest killer that manifests the most disease within the bread? Stress. It blocks many, many pipes, not just one pipe, but many. Those 28 pipes are the energy points throughout our body. The type of disease or diagnosis leading to cellular damage, it will be manifest, simply determines by which pipe is blocked. And that's what we've got to get to the root issue of. Just say pipe number eight in the chest area is blocked. Somebody could manifest what? Breast cancer. These are the things that we're dealing with. And people are wondering, well, why aren't I being healed? Well, nobody's taught you to unblock the pipes. No one's even taught you that they're there. And we're asking, well, why aren't we operating in the fullness that Yahweh's called us to? Well, we haven't got the foundational pipe of love. We need the nine fruits of the Spirit. We need to have those foundational five books of Torah. We need to have a five-fold functioning ministry. 
and we need to have the nine operations of the Ruach HaKodesh. There's your 28. That's a healthy body right there. That is a healthy body. And so many understand that within that body, what happens if there's one pipe that begins hoarding all of the energy? One pipe just started sucking all the energy from the other pipes. You've got a whole other problem. And this is what I see in a lot of congregations. There would be an imbalance. Say if pipe number 17 began to hoard energy, it would cause an imbalance within the remaining 27 pipes. And eventually something's going to break. Likewise, what we see is that many of our brethren, they've had bad things that have happened to them. So they keep those destructive memories suppressed. Do you know how much energy it takes to keep destructive memories suppressed? It takes so much energy that you're suppressing those memories 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that you begin to hoard energy and you end up with what? Chronic fatigue syndrome. People are, are walking around just totally fatigued. Why? Because they're not dealing with the things that they should be dealing with within the body of Mashiach. There's diagnosis like fibromyalgia that many are suffering from. These things can be healed through the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh. Everything, brethren, that has ever happened to us is recorded in our DNA. It's recorded. Your mind, your eyes, they take a photographic picture. Those issues need to be resolved. Those issues need to be healed. If I react in a certain instance, in a certain circumstance to something that doesn't even seem like I should be, like it's blown up, what's happening? Maybe I'm reacting to something generationally and I need to be healed. This is all part of the healing within the body of Mashiach. Torah teaches us that the heart can override the head. So we have to heal those heart issues. That's what the Brit Hadashah, the renewed covenant, is about. That Yahweh no longer wants to just control us externally, but he wants us to control ourselves internally from the inside out. That the Torah would be written on your levim, on your hearts, that you would move from the inside out. Corinthia Aleph, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, should make a lot more sense to you now. Though I speak with diverse languages of men and of heavenly malachim and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I have become a hollow tube of gold or brass through which air passes producing a musical sound. You know what? The vibrational frequency of love is the ultimate healing resource. When you actually start to love one another, that brings healing. That's the first pipe. That's the first foundational pipe that needs to go throughout the body. That's what Rav Shaliak Shaul was talking about. Galatians 5.22. If this is going to be happening, we have to understand that we have to change. I mean, so many of us are just crying out, oh, Yahweh, pour out the new wine. I want the new wine. And Yahweh's like, I need a new wineskin. Because if I were to pour out the new wine in your brittle old wineskin, it's going to crack and burst. 
Let's be new wineskins so that we can contain what he's about to pour out. Because those old brittle wineskins in the congregations, they're just going to burst right on out of here when this start, starts happening. Because only the new wineskin can contain what Yahweh is about to pour out. Those old, brittle, shriveled up wineskins that are all set in their ways, they've got their own paradigms, and this is the way it's going to be because the Torah says so. Well, you start moving in the prophetic and pour out the Ruach HaKodesh on them, and they're all <coughs> right out the door. It's the Python spirit. It's the restrictor. Won't allow the skin to breathe. Yahweh, make me a new wineskin. Make me a new wineskin. The golden pipes, brethren, they open us up so we're able to receive and contain the new wine. Do you understand that? I hope I'm not up here talking to myself. I get very excited. But I want you to be able to understand that we are about to change as a people. He's going to be taking people from the Pentecostal movement and bringing in the people from the Torah and we're going to be working together and once you have that together, you are going to be moving in a prophetic... You're going to have a, a Feast of Tabernacles, a Sukkot, Sukkot like you've never had before. Yes! You want to talk, talk about Passover? Well, you're going to have some new wine flowing at Passover when you get the Torah observant messianics and the Pentecostals coming into Torah and you're all moving in the Holy Spirit and you've got the Torah, the commandments to keep you focused and grounded so you don't get into any weird stuff. Things will happen and function how they did in the first century. But first of all, we have got to recognize those Ruachim. Those spirits within the congregation, whether they're dried up old wineskins that are brittle, just about, I mean, you, you walk up to them and say, how are you today? Fine. I mean, they're just about to crack and burst, aren't they? They've had a terrible week. How are you today? I'm fine. Just touch her. You just do one thing. I go, oh, pastor, rabbi, oh, I love that teaching. Oh, it was fabulous. Thank you. Then the next week you just say one thing wrong. Oh, they come unglued. Where's the love? Where's the mercy? Really? In Luca chapter 5, verse 37, no man puts new wine into an old wineskin. Since then, the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins shall perish. But new wine, brethren, it must be put into new wineskins, and then both are preserved. The authenticity of the Ruach HaKodesh and the body of Mashiach. You won't get the counterfeit and the body will begin to thrive. Those 28 pipes will become unblocked. You will be moving in the prophetic anointing grounded in the foundation of Torah. The new wine is Yahweh's kavod, Yahweh's glory. It's his tithereth. It's associated with the building anointing. That new wine is associated with the building anointing. In Sefer Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, in the 10th and 13th chapters, that building anointing, that's the new wine. Yahweh's got the building anointing here. He's trying to build something. That's the Nehemiah anointing. But what, what happens, what happens, Pastor Jim, when you're in the building anointing? 
and you're under the apostolic anointing or the prophetic anointing of Nehemiah, 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 you better beware in your congregation if you go into the building anointing, you're going to have a trowel in one hand and you're going to have a spear in the other for our war is not against flesh and blood but against principalities. Whenever you try and put the building anointing in, which is building up the body of Messiah, allowing the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, to move amongst His people, there is going to be some warfare coming your way. And that's what you're dealing with here. There's a building anointing going on, but you also, just because you've got a trowel in your hand, don't forget that you have to have a sword or a shield in the other one to protect the building anointing. In Mishle, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 10, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Brethren, we can cry all we want out for that new wine, but we have to be willing to change and be that new wineskin. The church, even our messianic brethren, Many of those gatherings are full of old, brittle wineskins. And we need to realize that has to change. The golden pipes within us, they create that new wineskin. The vital ingredients to a new wineskin is the five-fold ministry. The body has five vital organs. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Look at this five-fold ministry. And he gave some to be shlechim, apostles, and some to be nevim, prophets, and some to be proclaimers, and some to be rochim, pastors, and some to be rabbis or morim. This is the only skin or the only structure that can contain the new wine and the building anointing. This is the only structure. We've been given the instructions. Are we ready to follow it? Because the body, brethren, my body, your body, it has five vital organs. These are the five, vit five vital organs that we have to understand. Are we going to be renewing or are we dying? Are those congregations renewing or are they dying? If they don't have or implement the fivefold ministry, they're going to die. This is the word of Yahweh going forth. Everybody, I mean, how many times when you have people together, everybody wants to be a teacher. Everybody wants to be a Torah teacher. Regardless of whether they have the calling or the anointing. It's human nature. Some people want to build their own kingdoms. We couldn't fill this place with all the Torah teachers in the nation. You just couldn't, because there's so many that want to teach. I mean, can we fracture our communities anymore by having even more congregations where everyone's all broken up, instead of trying to gather the body in one accord? Well, shall we have some more teachers so that individuals can get their egos stroked, and they can feel some kind of self-worth? First, we need to be able to take care of our own families at home before we can take care of Yahweh's family. 
I mean, I just give you the church scenario, just for fun, and I'm not, I'm not picking out on anyone, but this would be quite familiar to you. I mean, you, a brother gets saved. He's blubbering on the carpet. I mean, just blubbering like a baby on the carpet. He comes up front. He's all jazzed about his newfound faith. I just got saved. I just accepted the Lord. He's weeping and blubbering on the carpet. Well, guess what? Somebody goes and grabs him and says, Brother, you are just on fire for the Lord. You should be a pastor. You should be a pastor. Well, what about an evangelist? Why should he be a pastor? Maybe he should be an evangelist. Maybe he should be a healer. Maybe he should be a miracle worker. Maybe he should be an administrator. How about in helps? Maybe he's got the apostolic anointing. Maybe he's got the prophetic anointing. But no, you should be a pastor. So what happens? You go to Sunday church. A lot of pastors are just frustrated evangelists. They truly are. They give excellent evangelistic messages every week to the same bunch of people. It's like fishing in a bucket. (laughs) What happens when you get all the fish in the bucket saved? We've got to get them re-saved. We've got to rededicate them. The guy should never have been a pastor. He should have been an evangelist. But we didn't implement the five-fold ministry. Pastor is only mentioned a few times within the Brit Hadashah. We have to implement this five-fold ministry. There's many frustrated pastors out there. Why? Because they're frustrated teachers. They get bogged down with helps. They get bogged down with administration. They're trying to establish Bible studies and home groups and counseling. And they don't have time to study or teach. So you end up with a 25-minute teachy thing on a Sunday. Because they're just frustrated. Because you haven't implemented that five-fold ministry. You see, the apostle, the shiliak, is the one that establishes The apostle is the one that establishes the five-fold ministry. Not the pastor or not the rabbi. You will never, brethren, really, you will never be fulfilled in your life unless you operate in what you were created to do. You will never be fulfilled in your life unless you operate in what you were created to do. Some of you were created to cast out Nephilim, to cast out demons. Some of you were created to do that. Some of you were created to send out and establish. You have that apostolic anointing on you. Some of you have that anointing, and that apostolic anointing, it sets everything in order so it can function. It sends out and it girds up Yahweh's rabbis and teachers. That's the apostolic anointing. Some were created for helps, and for comfort. And you'll never be fulfilled unless you move into that role. Some were created for administration. Some were for created, like I said, for casting out demons. Some were created to be evangelists. Go out and give them this two-house restoration message. Go and evangelize the nations. Some were created for signs and wonders and to have prophetic dreams. And you'll never be fulfilled unless you step out and speak about those dreams that you've been having. 
Some were created for prophecy. A prophet gives vision and direction. So how does all this work? I've spoken about so much today and I don't want you to get so into one thing that you forget that we're here to try and bring a healing to the body. I believe here at PFT that Pastor Jim has heard the Shema. So when I was led here to teach today, there's no point talking about the Shema because I believe this congregation has already had the ear to hear. But now it's about breathing in the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, into the body to understand that first of all, we have to go back to the showbread which represents the 12 tribes of Israel, the two houses of Israel. For the body to function healthily, you have to understand the 28 pipes that are designed to go throughout the body to let the air, or ruach in the Hebrew, air is ruach, flow throughout the body so it doesn't manifest disease, so it can function healthily. You have got to have those nine foundational pipes which are the fruit of the Spirit, the first of which is love. You have to be grounded in the five pipes of Torah, because otherwise you can get into a prophetic mess. You have to be grounded and understand that we are moving in a five-fold ministry, because that's a wineskin that will able to contain the new wine so that the pastors don't get bogged down with administration and helps, so that the evangelists aren't up there evangelizing the same group of people each week and fishing in a bucket, send them out to evangelize. When we recognize these things, and you have to see that the 28 pipes together will bring in a full flowing within the body of the bread. The apostle is the first in priority. You see, it's like there's a connection from the Shamayim, the heavens to the earth, and the apostle is the first in the order of priority, then the prophet, and then the pastor, rabbis, teachers, and so forth and so on. There is a order of priority of how that connection rod from the heavens goes all the way down so that none of us get bogged down in the ministry or in the body of Mashiach. You see, the apostle, the shaliach, sends out. This is how it works and functions within the body. And I'm just going to wrap up here, but I want you to get this vision, okay? This is how a healthy body will work. The shaliach, the apostle, will send out and set everything in order so that it can function. Send out, set everything in order so it can function. He girds up Yahweh, he or she girds up Yahweh's rabbis, pastors, and teachers. The prophet, the prophet or prophetess gives vision and direction and revelation. The evangelist, well, they get people saved. They bring them into the revelation of the kingdom. The pastors, they're to oversee, they're to nurture, they're to wash, they're to cleanse, they teach. And then you have the rabbis, pastors, teachers, instructing and equipping. Now what happens if you crash and burn? You get out of these four walls and you go out and you crash and burn. Well then, you come back into the five-fold ministry. First of all, you go to the pastor. He'll oversee your restoration. He'll wash you and cleanse you, and then he'll send you to the rabbi. 
And he'll teach you and re-equip you with advanced gear. And then he'll send you to what? The prophet. And he or she will give you a renewed vision and renewed direction and then send you to the evangelist. And then the evangelist, they'll get you all fired up for the mission field. And then the evangelist will send you to the apostle who then get everything in order so that it can function properly and then send you out into the mission field where you will be able to succeed. This is the pattern. And this is what I believe is happening. And it's so exciting. So when we understand that the movement that's happening here today is that anointing. It's an anointing upon Yahweh's people. Are we willing to take stock of our lives? Are we willing to say, okay, we cannot have the python restrictors amongst us. We've got to allow that free flowing of the air. We have to understand that for a healthy body to function, there has to be those 28 pipes that are listed. And then, if we're going to cry out for the new wine, we have to cry out for us changing and being something that can contain it. That, brethren, is that fivefold ministry. This is what is happening, I believe, for Yahweh's people. And it's exciting to be a part of it and to see new faces and to see people getting the vision of the showbread, of the 12 tribes of Israel and the two houses of Israel that can function healthily and prophetically filled with the free-flowing Ruach air of Yahweh's Ruach HaKodesh. Amen? Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. And now hand it over to Pastor Jim. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us this evening. And uh, I just wanted to, to, I made one connection as I was in the man, breath. You guys know me, I'm always thinking of the physical and the spiritual connecting to one another. Take a guess at how many ribs you have. Do you know that you have 12 ribs on this side? You have 12 ribs on this side that are connected to the sternum in the front, your backbone in the back, and your two collarbones that are come up front. Guess what that adds up to? 28. Guess what's inside of that? Your lungs, the breath, the ruach. The, the very body that you have is crying out. And, and, the, and the fundamental part of the ribcage is 24. How many... How many elders are around the throne 24 hours a day? 24 elders. What are they doing? Breathing out and crying out and praising and worshiping the Lamb. Folks, it is with your 24 main rib cages, with the foundation in the front and the foundation in the back and your clavicles up at the top, it is with those bones, if you will, that allow us to cry out And you know what? It protects those five major organs that he's talking about. Somebody say amen because I'm going to start preaching all over again because that was an amazing message. Would you stand with your feet, please? Yahweh is good. He's sending messages all of the time. Father, we just come before you. 
Matt Hoffman, can you come up here, please? We just praise you, Father, for what you do. We thank you, Lord, that you have, are teaching us that through creation, even the, the table of showbread, Father, the bread before your face You are teaching us, Father, that you, we are pipes that you want to flow through to heal your body. Father, there are, there are people, Father, in the sound of my voice that need their pipes cleaned. Father, how apropos I've been saying forever, except I have not been thinking from air pipes but water pipes that you are full blast on right now, but we, our pipes are so full of the tradition and doctrines of men and unclean spirits that your, your ruah can't even move. Well, out goes the analogy of water pipes. Father, we're going to use your analogy, the air pipes. It is time, Father, that we have fresh new manna. Father, I know it's uncomfortable, and I know, Father, that, that people are just, uh, you know, we've been burned by the defrauding, uh, by the wrong spirit. Father, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Many of us have had not good experience in churches where the move of your spirit, Father, is, is uh, it's not in its fullness. It's not grounded. The power of your word ungrounded is a dangerous thing. So, Father, we don't want to miss anything of what you're doing. So we ask that your word would move among your people. We ask that you would teach us our gifts, that we may flow and be encouraged in those gifts. Father, I pray that you would clean out Continually, This is what you've been doing for months here at PFT is cleaning out the unleavened bread. Cleaning out the leavened bread. Father, we want to be pure and holy. We want to be the unleavened bread found in the holy place. Pure enough for you to eat. So, Abba, I just ask, if there is anybody in here, Father, that is unclean in any way, shape, or form, I pray that you would open their eyes, reveal to them. And if they need prayer, Father, I'm just going to ask that they would come down to the front even now if they need prayer. Their pipes are, are, are totally clogged up in one way, shape, or another. Father, we just thank you so much for cleaning our pipes. We thank you, Father, for bringing an incredible message this evening. We pray that this message will, will not fall on deaf ears, but, Father, we will seek to find what our part is in the body. Which rib are we? Because if our air is not clean, is not pure, then we're causing everything that around us to decay and to rot. Father, we are in the building mode. You have put a vision in our hearts to create a structure 
that Israel might be ministered to. We ask that your hand, you would be the carpenter, you would build the house, or we will certainly labor in vain. So, Father, I pray over your people. that you would bless them. May your face shine upon them. Let your breath breathe over them, wherever they may be. Everybody breathe in real slow and hold it and let it out. Father, I pray as we do this prophetically, I pray that you would clean out the unclean spirits. Breathe in. If you're at home, breathe in. Breathe in that new life that Father wants to bring you right now. I pray that, Father, you would heal people as they breathe real slow, that you would heal them of any infirmity, anything that's not of you, spiritual, bad attitudes, or physical, emotional people that have been hurt by spouses, by friends, by, by bosses. Father, I pray that you would heal your people. Breathe new life. Bring us new wineskins to contain the new wine. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us here at Passion for Truth Ministries. You are free to move about the country. Shalom, shalom.